0: Every episode of The Angry Chicken is made possible by our amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash tack. For more of Jocelyn's content, check out jossplays.com. And if you can't get enough of Ridiculous Hat, follow him over on Twitter at Ridiculous Hat. The Angry Chicken is a production of AMOVE TV. Time's up. Let's do this. You smell like a leper gnome! I knew it! Oh, oh. <laughs> a podcast about Hearthstone and Battlegrounds. This is The Angry Chicken! Hello everyone and welcome to The Angry Chicken. I'm your host Jocelyn and joining me as always is my fabulous co-host Ridiculous Hat. How are you doing today? Fabulous!
1: You just you said Yay. it already. I,
0: yeah. <laughs> How are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, still pretty tired, but starting to feel a little better, which is awesome. Um, I know I haven't actually said it on the show yet, but uh, ah. wonderful, fantastic news. We're gonna say, it. Uh, we're we're gonna are, say it. we are we. We are expecting! Yay! <laughs> we are having a baby in October, so uh, Matt and I are very, very, very excited. We have now crossed all the hurdles, and in spite of my insistence, the doctors keep telling me everything's fine. <laughs> so <laughs> we are, yeah, we're about twelve weeks now, and uh, very, very happy and excited. So uh, I'm, I'm doing pretty good, and thank you, hat, and thank you everyone for being so understanding. As I made it through a very, very, very difficult first trimester, I was feeling awful. (laughs) So, yeah, I I feel good now and I'm glad that uh, I can be here for the show. Yay.
1: Welcome back. It's nice to have two co-hosts again.
0: Right. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm I'm very excited. We're very, very happy. So, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the big news around here, Uh, other than OMG, the amount of Hearthstone news we have to cover today because we have now the core set changes since we last uh, recorded. We have all of the cards now that have been released for the new expansion. Everything's coming. We've got Theory Crafting next week and then the expansion the week after. Things are... Bananas bonkers right now, so we have so 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 much to cover. Before we get too far into it, wanted to say a very big thank you to our patrons over at Patreon.com/tac. If you become a patron, then you can uh, get access to our awesome Discord server and chat with folks over there as all of these big changes come into effect in the coming weeks. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm yeah. If you want to support the show again, that's Patreon.com/tac. Uh, Which brings us to the gajillion pieces of Hearthstone news. Good news, everyone. (laughs) So, as I mentioned, we have core changes coming up and Hat has timing notes about all the things.
1: Okay. All right. So this show will be going out Sunday, April 2nd in uh, Eastern U.S. time. Europeans, good morning. Everyone else... Well, if you're listening the next day, good morning, but later. Uh, so <laughs> let me let me give you brief ideas to what's going to go down over the course of the next week and a half or so. Because we know the expansion is coming out April 11th. All right. Tomorrow, April 3rd. That's the Monday. Usually this is when we get patch notes. This includes updates for cards that are getting unnerfed, reverted, before they rotate to wild. They'll stay in standard another week. It's a Franken meta for about for about a week, (laughs) assuming the normal patch time. And we don't know what's coming, but we know this is when they revert cards that we'll find out about those tomorrow. And that patch should be in the game on Tuesday. It'll be a big patch later on mobile, full download. You'll want to use Wi-Fi. It's going to be like a lot of gigabytes, like a bunch of gigabytes. Um, That's on. So on Tuesday, any changes to cards that are staying in core but getting updated for Year of the Wolf? That's happening on Tuesday. Doesn't rotate, but things like consecration moving to three mana, which I can't believe is happening, that'll happen on Tuesday, for example. Uh, that's also when we get the reverts, achievements will update, duels buckets will have new cards, but rewards track stays the same. Standard, like the legality, stays the same, except for all the nerf and buff. The only thing that changes are any cards that are in standard that are getting changes the change of ship with the patch. Okay, Wednesday, theory crafting. Tune in to twitch.tv slash hat to see myself and maybe an appearance from Jocelyn. I hope she's not. Yeah,
0: I will be there. I will be there. Hey, <laughs> okay. so that's
1: on Wednesday. I'll be theory crafting, other people too. But you know, just come watch us. But also, like a lot of people are theory crafting. There's no wild theory crafting this time because they're working on something big for wild. We don't know what it is yet, but we know it's big. But also, uh, the creator program. Has allowed for a lot more people to get invited. So you might see some other people streaming that haven't streamed before. My Coin concede co-hosts are wonderful and fantastic. And you should watch me instead. But if you're not, you should watch them. Um, <laughs> but they both got invited. There are a bunch of people that got invited. So it's nice to see this program kicking off. Um, and I believe there are drops. So if you like Festival of Legends packs, go leave a tab open. If you have a Prime sub, just drop that while you're there.
0: Who knows? I think uh, theory crafting is a lot longer than it's been in the past as well. I think there's an actual twelve hour window for theory crafting. It starts at nine and ends at nine, which is really cool. So, yeah, those are Pacific time. Yes, yeah, Pacific times. Yeah,
1: the way it has worked in the past has been like, if you're a streamer, you pick one of two six hour time slots. Yeah, uh, I think it's the same window, but also I know that uh, the people with the with the press or behind the scenes invites that aren't streaming they just get to log in at any point during that 12 hours and just jam it because, you know, they're not creating content. But I believe the streamers still have to pick one of those two time slots. Um, and also you need to have 10 Festival of Legends cards in every deck. Uh, and ETC does not count any cards in the band. I asked. They said no loopholes. <laughs> uh, no so...
0: loopholes? Oh, man.
1: <laughs> but you So you will see wacky stuff that's all the new cards. It m- will not reflect the standard environment. So don't view right. it as a commentary on what standard will be.
0: So normal, like, asterisks about any kind of theory crafting decks applies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Correct. Then we'll have the patch in the game at this point. So that means uh, the, the weekend after the patch is always your pre-release weekend. If you want to open your Festival Legends packs early, you can do that over the weekend. You have to register for the Fireside and the website. Uh, and don't open your standard packs, wild packs, or class packs during this time because they have not updated. So if, you, if you're in pre-release weekend and then you open your, uh, it just says standard packs, the red ones, the dynamic ones, those won't have new cards in them. Don't open. From there, following Tuesday, they flip the switch in the server. Everyone rotates the same time. You don't need a patch. It just happens. Core rotates. Standard rotates. Everything happens. Uh, rewards track updates. All that stuff. So here's my timing update. Here we go.
0: That is, oh, my God. So many things. So, so many things like this is this is like the, the craziest time of the Hearthstone year. And I am really, really, really excited for this. So let's talk about core a little bit before we go into class by class, because uh, there are. A lot of updates, but I feel like, uh, aside from Bran, we are losing Bran. Bran is out yes. of here, which is awesome. He's out. All four explorers are gone, which makes me a little bit sad, but at the same time, like, I never even saw it. Like, Reno's the one I thought we might see some of, because he's got a pretty cool mechanic, but... Didn't really see any Highlander decks, which was a little bit unfortunate. So Bran was the only Explorer that really made in, made it into any meta decks. And it, yeah, we're glad that he's gone. But the whole Explorer group's going with him. Um, but other than Bran, I feel like I looked at the list of everything leaving core. And I was like, with maybe one or two exceptions, like I never saw those cards see play. Um, like I, I think like Earthen Scales is one that's leaving that I think I saw um, some of. but For the most part, I'm kind of like, yeah, no, these these can go because no one uses them anyway. It made sense.
1: Yeah. Generally speaking, it's more interesting for a class to have cards that you choose from instead of cards that you never look at. So they rotated cards that either made you angry because they took up a spot in your collection that you were never going to use or cards that made you angry because you saw them in play and they were like, well, that's some BS. So Earth and Scales, Radiant, Elemental, and Brand. Those are my BS category. Um, and, like, Earthen Scales, they actually nerfed it, but still, it's a lot of armor, and I think Druid will feel pretty different without it. Radiant Elemental was only used for either evil or serpent wigs, and they nerfed all the serpent wig stuff, so <laughs> it's just evil. <laughs> and Bran, I think that everyone has a pretty good idea of what he was being used for. So, like... Yes. <laughs> there are a couple, like, small changes that might come up, like, Strike saw a little bit of play...
0: Yeah, I think Flamestrike got an eyebrow raise out of me, but not necessarily because like Mage was using it all the time or anything like that, but mostly because it's one of the cards that was always kind of on the edge and sometimes in, sometimes out in a big spell Mage. If there was a lot of like big board floody stuff going on in the meta, you might see Strike get put in there every once in a while. But it's just like such an iconic mage card that i'm like wow mages just aren't going to have flame strike anymore that's kind of crazy but the, again it didn't come from a place of like it saw a lot of play in the last standard year or anything like that more so just like man i can't I can't really imagine mages just not having flame strike period
1: yeah it's definitely iconic but also we didn't include it in a lot of decks this isn't like when they rotated frostbolt which saw a ton yes. of play all the time yeah they didn't rotate any cards that saw a ton of play except for ones that were kind of limiting their design space, the three that we mentioned yeah. already. Um, but yeah, like Flame Strike, when it came off Runa was usually happy. It saw rare inclusion in Big Spell Mage, and there are a couple of the cards like that. Like uh, Sprint and Sinister Strike and Rogue both saw a little bit of play. Um, every so often, you would see someone running a Rockbiter weapon. Kragwa leaving as a nerf to the Countess. Um, and there are a couple neutrals here and there that like... Mistress of Mixtures. That mm. card saw a little bit of play, but instead we're adding Armor Vendor, which is just better. Uh, and we are losing Acidic Swampoos, but no one has played Acidic Swampoos for two years because Rustrod Viper was around. And perhaps the biggest change to core philosophy is that cards are rotating out of standard into core, particularly the tradable cards Doggy Biscuit, Royal Librarian, Rustrod Viper, kind of a big deal.
0: Uh, same with uh, Shard and the Naru for Priest yeah. is another really big one. Uh, but I think that yeah, that that was the kind of philosophy that we were talking about last time. Uh, and I can't remember which card actually kicked that off. Oh, it was a uh, Benedictus for Priest. Yeah, how we were saying things. Things hadn't gone from supposed to be rotating out to going straight into core. Uh, previously, now we haven't had. That many core sets for this to potentially happen. But at the same time, this is the first time we've actually seen that. And I was really happy to see that kind of philosophy change. We didn't talk about it too much in the last episode, but basically I like to see them breaking like arbitrary rules, like things that they haven't done before. It doesn't mean they can't do it. It's just it hasn't happened before. So I like that they didn't like stick to that and try to give us a break from Shadow Priest or something like that. And it allowed them to then take some of those tradables, put them into the core set so that that mechanic is there and available and gives us some kind of better tools. Because we were talking about weapon destruction and how, you know, maybe we will see (laughs) oozes again. Now we're not going to. Obviously, they're not in core, but, you know, we have the Viper instead and we get to still play Shadow Priest and they get to keep exploring that um, that design space for Priest. So I think it was definitely the right call. And I'm glad that they did it instead of being like, no, our players need a break. No, we don't. Like some things that you did in this past couple of years have been great and should stick around. So I was really, really happy to see that. It's this time last
1: year, on this date last year, Shadowform was still in standard. Like they tried to make Shadow Priest work. It's not like it hasn't been around it just hasn't been around because it was uh, unplayable. So Benedictus yes. <laughs> is just a shadow form that's functional. But it's not like they've been avoiding giving us a shadow priest in the game. They tried for 10 years. And so when they found a design that worked, they said, let's do this one instead of the bad card that we yeah. we made two mana and it still was a bad card. This is better. Just <laughs> do the better one. And that, That's yep. really what they did is just do the better one. Like, Rustrod Viper is a more enjoyable card to put in my Hearthstone decks than Acidic Squampus. I don't love either, but at least Viper, when I draw it and they don't have a weapon, I don't sit there looking at it all game like an idiot or play it on turn two. I I put it back.
0: Get, yeah. get out of here. Get something different. Yeah. So yeah, I think uh, the changes to Core uh, are really, really interesting, are great. I think they made a lot of really good decisions and there are lots of inclusions in Core that are really going to impact the classes. So uh, le- do you want to just... Let's dive in. Go class by class.
1: <laughs> so, listeners, there's a lot. There's a lot here. Feel free to jump to your class of choice. Feel free to, to I mean, hang out with us all day. We like having you here. Uh, and we're just going to go through the set list. So, a- as it were, you know, like a <laughs> little musical humor.
0: I got that. <laughs> I understood that reference.
1: <laughs> but so, what we're going to do for each class, we're going to give you an elevator pitch as to where we think the class is going, a brief touch on the new stuff, couple standout cards, and then what are we leaving? What are we losing? And what are we gaining in core that makes an impact? It is a lot of information to cram into a very small space. We are also speculating on what we know instead of having played with the cards. When we record later this week, we'll have played with the cards because we're doing theory crafting. Because Blizzard is great, thank you, Blizzard. Um, and we'll tell you more about it then. But. We just want to give you a, a brief overview of, like, what do I expect? And where we're starting is probably the easiest place with Death Knight.
0: Yeah, this is going to be like a four-minute conversation <laughs> because basically uh, there are no core changes. So Death Knight being the newest class, they don't have anything crazy rotating because they didn't have anything in the previous standard year that's going to be rotating out. Uh, they didn't have any core changes. So basically all we have to look at and talk about are the new cards coming with the expansion. So um, as we talked about previously, we have some rainbow support. Uh, The thing that stood out to me the most out of the the Death Knight cards is almost like the, I don't necessarily want to say lack of support, but like Frost is already in a fine place. Like it didn't really need a whole lot. And it only got one dedicated Frost card, the, the Hardcore Cultist with the with the finale text is the only frost card death knight got otherwise they're you know the um a lot of one rune cards for um either blood or unholy which kind of helps to support that whole rainbow thing that we talked about with the um climactic necrotic explosion which is their 10 mana legendary spell uh so yeah like there's some support for rainbow but yeah frost only got the one card
1: so remember when they told us, because we asked this both in interviews and like they've, they've talked about this before and they said, well, we're just not going to try and do everything all at once. And that's yes. smart. Just like they don't always print sets with Zoo support for Warlock. They don't yeah. always print support for Token and Druid. Like whatever. it's You can't do everything for any class. DK, we just see the, what they couldn't make room for in the corner of the card. Um, but yeah, it's frost right now if i was picking one dk archetype to not push right now it would be frost because if you're going for a board-based format we saw this last year with snowfall guardian that board-based formats don't really love board wide chain freezes and this one has charge so i'm unsurprised that they this was where they said we can chill get a little ice frost yeah 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 Uh, (laughs) but also yeah it's it is it is a little weird looking at it, because you can really, really clearly see what they're giving cards to, what they aren't. But also, almost every card in this set, I think only one card has a double rune requirement outside of climactic necrotic explosion.
0: <laughs> uh, there's two, actually. There's the death metal knight, which is two blood, and then oh, cage the which green is guy. two unholy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so,
1: if you want to play, like, unholy death rattles, that requires a couple, but... It's not just rainbow that they're pushing here. I feel like now that we've gotten used to what the triple rune decks look like, maybe they want us to do a little mix and match. A little, mm-hmm. like, a splash. Just a splash of blood. Just throw that in there. Splash of frost. Like when you get one of those drinks to a bar and then they just, like, sh- sh- hit it with the nitrogen real quick.
0: Yeah. In <laughs> a while since I've been to a bar.
1: <laughs> well, uh, I'm, yeah. I don't
0: think I've ever had a, a drink with a, the. With a... Nitro, I mean, I've had to drink with an ice cube in it. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. Anyways. I, I think you go to
1: fancier bars than I do. <laughs> yeah, it's, you're more responsible. Anyways, um, they, they this is the second set of the class. And I think it's probably time we start experimenting a little bit. And there are some cool cards here. We're not losing very much. So we just get to build on the foundation we already have. No brand is a big deal.
0: Mm-hmm. I feel like we're just going to say that for, like, every class. Like, remember, At least no half of brand. Them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um, I do think something I'm a little worried about with DK uh, is every deck that I build for this class for the foreseeable future is going to have double Nerubian Vizier, double school teacher. And while there are a lot of classes that are like that, DK in particular, the way their discover system works, it seems like a mistake to not lean into it because you get so deeply rewarded for doing so. Um. So I do think that there's a chance that some of those decks start to look a little homogenous because you kind of have to run those cards. And uh one of the most impactful core inclusions is Tour Guide. Those who don't remember him. 1 mana 1/1 one, one, uh set your hero power or your next hero power costs 0 It floats between turns. Tour Guide is really good when the Rubian Vizier because you just play Tour Guide on 1 and then you hero power on 3 trade with something and play Vizier. Um and that card didn't need to be better in DK. So I do think that we'll see a lot of that. But otherwise, as far as archetypes that we're going to get, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say because they're definitely giving more tools to those mix and match archetypes.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think like people are definitely going to play uh, Rainbow DK day one. Like that's going to be a big thing. Yeah. We're going to see a lot of that in theory crafting too. So uh, I look forward to seeing what people actually come up with. Um, Demon Hunter. Demon Hunter is a little bit more. Uh, a little bit more kind of uh, in- interesting. I mean, they do actually have some stuff leaving, uh, rotating out and and changes to core and everything else. And that's, um, yeah, something DK just doesn't have. But uh, they're losing Jace, which is pretty neat. <laughs> I think it's pretty neat.
1: <laughs> I do think that Jace was probably, I feel like he was the first card we saw from DK, from DH. Where we were like, okay, I don't just have to smash face all the time. That was when like the fell decks really came together and you could you could feel more like a vengeance demon hunter than a havoc demon hunter. You could play a little bit more defensively and do a big cool thing at the end of the game. Like this was Demon Hunter Shutterwalk for a while, but he has yeah. also been the way they win longer games for four expansions, so like, okay.
0: It was time. It was time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, is there is there anything out of the the new cards that you think is really stand out for Demon Hunter that's going to go well with the the core changes? So
1: they have a couple key archetypes coming in. Uh, there's this kind of interesting rush archetype, and there's some outcast support. There's also the slower strategy. It's a little bit less developed, but it's it's the flavor is on point here. Uh, where instrument smasher is a four mana three six that whenever you break an instrument you equip a new one, whenever you break a weapon you equip a new demon hunter one, uh, and then going down swinging, which is absolutely like going to make me listen to more Fallout Boy because this card exists.
0: Yeah, which is really really fun. I think we, we talked about this combo uh, we last week because yeah, I'm pretty sure that it yeah we'd seen both of those cards last week. It's so hard to keep up with this schedule. It really is like they come out fast and furious for sure. And I think that like it's going to be really fun. And there's something like you say, there is some support. There's some stuff that happens that says like, you know, when when this happens, when your weapon breaks, when your hero attacks like Demon Hunter has some support for that. So it may not necessarily hit on like day one of this expansion, but it feels like maybe setting up for something that will be really powerful maybe one or two expansions down the line like i can see a couple more when your hero attacks support cards getting printed in the next couple of expansions and by the end of the year our demon hunters are just like bam 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 smashing smashing guitars all over um and and winning games while doing it which is key right so maybe not right now but soon <laughs>
1: Soon. And if we talked about last week, then I already talked about Glave Tar, but I'll do it again. This card's really good. Four mm-hmm. mana four two, death rattle draw card, play outcast cards while equip to improve. The best outcast card we got in core is not an outcast card, it's Illidari Studies, which you use to go get an outcast card, put it in the right position, and make it cost one less. So that's going to be significant. There's also this really fun rush archetype. Where you play a bunch of little rushy tokens, and it got some support and core with some buffs, and then you make some big rush minions, and then you make them bigger with uh, Halveria, their legendary. It's a four mana four three rusher. Uh, after a friendly rush minions attacks, give all of your minions a permanent plus one attack. So, you just the idea here is you just have a couple minions on board, then you play Halveria and some rushy things, and you just smack, 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 and then hit your opponent in the face for a bunch. I think it'll be, I think that's going to be fun.
0: Yeah, I think that's a kind of an. I mean, it's it's an, an interesting archetype, and I kind of like uh, making demon hunter have to play to the board a little bit because if you've got you know your legendary down and you're making a bunch of little rushers to kind of power up your other stuff, that other stuff has to already exist and live and be ready to attack, right? In order for you to go face, so it takes a little bit more like planning and a little bit of uh, counterplay potential from your opponent like it's a little bit more interactive than some of the smash face demon hunter things have been in the past so I think uh, I'm probably gonna like playing against this a little bit more than I've liked playing against demon hunter in the past obviously I'm not gonna play it myself duh but (laughs) I know people will play it and I'm gonna see it so (laughs)
1: Yeah, and we're losing a ton of the kill you with spell damage burst. Guild Trader is leaving, Fel Barrage is leaving, uh, Jace, obviously. Uh, We're losing Mm. Fury, which uh, the attack buffer. Um, So a lot of the damage from hand is leaving, so Sathino doesn't have quite as much support. She's still a solid enough card. Um, And they're actually, they are continuing to print Naga minions. There's one in this set, along with Mistake. The amalgams are all, like... They're sticking around, so it won't be too hard to activate things like predation. Um, mm. But it's a lot less likely that your opponent is going to play two spell damage minions and then unleash fell, fell barrage, and you're just going to die. That's that's not possible anymore.
0: Thumbs up for that one. Holy crap! <laughs> I'm, I am excited about the the demon hunter changes. Uh, speaking of changes, Druid has a lot of stuff that's gone. We already talked about uh, earthen scales. Uh, that is rotating out of core. Uh, and then they've got some the the core changes. like I kind of looked at this and I was like, "Huh." eyebrow raised. So uh, it's Kiri, the chosen of a loon is coming back into core, which is if you don't remember four minute two two battle cry, add a solar eclipse and a lunar eclipse to your hand, which are the other t- or two of the other cards that are coming back for Druid, which is um, the next spell you cast this turn cast twice. Or deal three damage your next spell this turn costs two less. So it's that those eclipse cards from a couple years back. Also, uh Witchwood Apple is coming back, which is add two 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 treants to your hand for one mana. It's a spell. Um, and we were kind of wondering when we were looking at some of the druid cards if treants were going to be a thing again. And so the Witchwood Apple kind of adds that little bit of support back there. Um, but I mean, like losing Guff. Guff is a big one, right? Like, that is such a huge change to how Druid has been playing lately that, uh, I mean, we can't not mention it.
1: <laughs> yeah, all the hero cards are going to be a big deal. I think the yeah. vast majority of them are still seeing play, which is pretty impressive, honestly, for these cards to have stuck around as much. They did. They buffed any of the ones that didn't see play, and they nerfed a couple of them, but some of those still see play anyways. But mm-hmm. Guff is perhaps the most impactful for a class. At least it's up there. Maybe, maybe Cariel. I don't know. But Guff is important. Scale of Anixia is important.
0: Yes. <laughs> I'm glad that's out of here. Speaking of things I'm sick and tired of seeing. Oof.
1: Yeah. And we're losing Moonlit Guidance. We're losing Jerry Rigg Carpenter composting. They're, like, there are some key tools here, but Guff and Scale by themselves make the rampy archetype look different it's not dead it's just going to be different turn five is going to matter nourish is staying around but nourish is a lot worse when you can't ramp past 10 or i guess 11 if you pay audio yeah technically (laughs) because if you draw later in the game if you if you didn't have guff you wouldn't ramp it would just be five mana draw three which is fine but with guff you would use it to ramp from like 11 to 13 and that and then you would press your hero power button that whole thing is gone and without jerry rig carpenter that went and got a Nourish and cut it in half, we can yeah. play other choose-one cards now and Nourish again just gets worse. So instead, it seems like we're going towards the mid-game matters. And I will say that Hero Power Druid, I expect this to be the most popular archetype from this expansion. I don't know if it's going to be the best, but people really like pressing the button.
0: It's really interesting, The just the whole idea of manipulating your Hero Power and doing something different with it through your cards like it's such a cool design space that whether it's great or not it's the kind of thing that i'm gonna play around with
1: (laughs) it's popular people really like it it's very clear people really like it they made the old doom quest based on that idea uh wildfire mage has been popular since they made it they buffed it a bunch of times so people could actually do it the you know all the alterak hero cards they change your hero power your hero power is kind of this iconic thing that feels really really cool to have Something there that makes you win the game. It it really embraces that power fantasy of like I'm leveling up through this game, and then I have something that I'm gonna use to end it right here, and you get to see me do it every turn. So the druid one, uh, we got two cards here: free spirit, which is a one mana one, two, battle cry and death rattle. Your hero power gains one more armor this game, and then Groovy Cat, it's a two-mana two-one. Your hero power gives your hero one more attack this game for both Battle Cry and Death Rattle. So these cards combined with well so the quest druid stuff is rotating we're losing park panther we're losing the quest but we still keep cards like rake which just came out in the last mini set really really strong card and we have some other payoffs here i imagine that's going to this is a relatively small group of cards it's going to be in a lot of decks because they look fun People want to play them relatively low cost look fun
0: well yeah, so uh Free Spirit and Groovy Cat that you mentioned are an epic and a rare, so you can have two in your deck. So if you play them both because it's a battle cry and death rattle, each of them represents a change of 2 to your hero power, so 2 attack or 2 armor. So by the time if you get both of these out and both of them dead, you're looking at pushing that button and getting 5 attack and 5 armor, which is pretty neat.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's and you can use things like Remember Hedge Maze, the druid location that activates Death Rattles for you?
0: Right, right. The location out of all the locations that I don't think I ever saw. (laughs) I think,
1: yeah, I think that's the worst one. Let me think real quick. Easily, easily the worst one. Yeah, like the only other one that's even close is Castle Kennels, the hunter one. But even though I've seen that in play.
0: Yeah, but I think especially for druid, with what Druid was doing at the time, like Death Rattle Druid was not a thing. And, and that alone was not nearly enough support. But now that all, like, we're in rotation, we're in our four set meta, there's a little bit more kind of space to breathe. Games might go a little bit slower. Now you can start doing some Death stuff, especially with interesting cards like Free Spirit and Groovy Cat um you can play those alongside the location and all of a sudden it's like oh there's something here there's something going on and if i have a two mana button i can push every turn that's gonna give me like six seven eight attack like that's gonna that's a lot
1: <laughs> and i imagine that tour guide will be one of the most impactful one drops and it's oh, right, quite tour good guide, here, isn't i it? forgot
0: about that yeah yeah three <laughs> six seven eight damage that's pretty sweet
1: <laughs> and so and it's the, so the legendary payoff for the hero power stuff, he's actually a little bit awkward. Fog Snout, 7-6-6, six, six. Battlecry, Summon 2, 1-1 one, one Quilbore with Taunt, and the stats on those minions are improved by the hero attack and armor gained this turn. It's the attack improves their attack, and your armor improves their health. It, they don't both buff both numbers. It's your bottom left yeah. number buffs the minions, and your bottom right number buffs the minions. Um, but because it's this turn tour guide is going to be how you activate this on 7
0: yeah um and so and again yeah this turn means that like it doesn't obviously your attack goes away every turn but your armor is persistent but it doesn't matter if like if you had 10 armor and then you gain 5 the minions are improved by 5 not 15 so uh something to keep in mind but still at the same time you're getting two minions with taunt as well as this um this minion that you're playing, which is a six, six in and of itself. So you're going to get a six, six body on board. And then two taunt minions that are going to be potentially six, sixes or bigger. If you've kind of maximized your groovy cat, your free spirits, your locations, all that kind of stuff. Like these can be a lot of stats on, uh, on turn seven or possibly turn nine. Uh, So I think that there's a, a lot of, again, interesting play here and, A lot of stuff to do in the turns heading into it instead and that your opponent again coming back to counterplay your opponent gets to see all this stuff happening like they know what's coming and they can potentially like play around it versus just like rampity ramp, ramp 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 guff ramp more uh there's some interesting stuff that's happening in those normally reserved for ramp turns and that's the kind of druid that i like to play Yeah, and you can also look at
1: the other direction they're going, too. A card like Drum Circle. Seven mana. You choose one. You either summon five, two, two treants or give all of your minions plus two, plus four in taunt. The eclipses are back. So there's going to be a way to solar eclipse this and give all of your minions plus four, plus eight in taunt. That's numbers. So numbers are cool. (laughs) um, But also, you couldn't print that sort of card while either Overgrowth or Guff was around. And so now we see what the space looks like when we don't have options that jump us straight to seven all that efficiently. Or this card, if you do jump straight to seven, this card isn't that great. Five two two 2 Treants isn't great. You really, really, really want the buff side.
0: Mm-hmm. You need a board ahead of time.
1: Yeah. So they're definitely pushing for like a mid-game board druid that I'm excited to explore that and see what it looks like. I think it'll feel pretty different from where we've been in a refreshing way.
0: Uh, any final thoughts on druid before we move on to Hunter? Let's, let's go, hunting. Let's go hunting. Excellent, because I'm excited. Uh, you guys know I love Hunter. I've always loved Hunter. This is this is my jam, and I'm pretty happy with, let's say, the big beast side of things. I think that this is there's some really interesting cards in the new set. They kind of lean into like five or more cost beasts, and uh, I think it's going to be just so 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 fun to play with. Um, they are losing. A lot of things through rotation. Um, and like getting some stuff in core, but nothing that's like too eyebrow raising. Like there's a couple of like Wandering Monster and Cat Trick are some pretty neat secrets, and I'm glad that Hunter's gonna have um access to those again. And then Jeweled Macaw, that one kind of pretty much always saw play. It was it's a pretty good one drop. It's just a one mana one-two get a random beast, and if you're doing beast things, then it's the kind of card I feel like I usually played in Hunter. So, I'm happy to see that back. <laughs> well,
1: so it's been around. It's actually been in core already, just getting an extra point of health. I think the issue yeah. with Jeweled Macaw was Pet Collector and Azhar and Saber. You couldn't really play it because that would disrupt your pulls, and I think we're probably going to yeah. still be in that spot while we still have those. We lose Pet Collector. Uh So... It's going to be, like, we're a little bit less focused on the tutoring stuff, but even though Beast Hunter is losing a huge pile of cards, I was looking through the lists of all the stuff that Hunter is losing. Hunter got cards, yo.
0: They got oh, a yeah. lot of
1: cards. Mountain Bear, Pet Collector, Barack Cotobane, Tavish, Rat King, Battle Ram, Aim Shot, The Quest, Ramming Mount, Revive Pet, Bloodseeker, Furious Owl, Ice Trap, Warsong Wrangler, The Rat King, Dunbalder, Bunker, Devouring Swarm, <sighs> and Bran. Um...
0: <laughs> Goddamn Bran.
1: <laughs> yes. So shock spitter doesn't work anymore because you lose Devouring Swarm, you lose Bran. So like they could probably put that back to three and it still wouldn't be good. I'm not saying they should, but they probably could. Um But they could. <laughs> but we are still keeping Harpoon Gun and Azhar and Sabres, so the new Big B stuff has some baked in synergy there. It'll play a little different because you don't have Mountain Bear no more. You still got Hydrolodon. He'll be fine. Um yep. but
0: you got a big monkey. Yeah. We He's have big. a really big, really fun monkey for only six mana. So it's a six mana ten ten. Mister Mukla is our legendary and hunter uh, with rush and a battle cry. Fill your opponent's hand with bananas. That's so fun.
1: <laughs> and also, if you have harpoon gun on three and hit him, you play him on four. That's a four mana ten ten with rush. That's a uh, good. Yeah,
0: go ahead. Have your bananas.
1: <laughs> but you so you burn a card of your opponent. Don't yes. overvalue that. You're playing Hunter. You're not we're not going super late game there, but it's something, right? Especially if they dredge and then you banana, like it and then you burn it. But overall, I think uh Hunter their core set is definitely less cohesive here. But I think when we look at the cards that are leaving, and we think about where Hunter has been over the past year and a half. They have had the number one deck during all five of those expansions at some point. It hasn't always stayed. They've had to pull it back a few times. But Hunter has gotten a lot of different designs that have been really successful in a lot of different directions. And I'm not saying it's time for them to pull it back, but it does look like they've realized the class has had a lot of success and does so pretty naturally. It's proactive, the hero power helps a lot, and the mechanics they've dialed in for Hunter have been effective, so it keeps some good cards. Doggy Biscuit sticks around. Uh, Dragon Bane. Those that didn't play Dragon Bane, four mana, three, five. When you hero power, you shoot a five damage missile, and it sounds like this when you play it. It's very triumphant
0: it's epic <laughs> and you know what goes good with dragon bane tour guide right i keep forgetting about tour guide because i keep looking at this and going like yeah but it's all play before but it's kind of it had a lot of support and it's kind of slow you know because you have to have four mana to put this out there and then the two mana for your hero power but if that hero power was free <laughs> then it's just good so yeah then it's just great uh, yeah, and I think, like, Ice Trap is something that, so that's the the secret that's leaving um, that makes the spells cost more. Um, that's kind of unfortunate. I, I kind of liked having that counterplay in support, and you are getting uh, the cat trick, so you do still have that uh, secret that interacts with your opponent's spells, but, you know, like, making it go back in your hand and cost more <laughs> seems better than... Uh, 4-2 Panther with stealth. Not that there's anything wrong with a 4-2 Panther with stealth, but I liked me some Ice Trap.
1: <laughs> ice Trap was really good. It was really, really good, yeah. but it's Hunter is definitely uh, tuning down the disruption a little bit like the secrets yeah. are right? Um I will note also, if you want to get really ambitious, you can magnetize Zilliax to your Dragon Bane, and you can just gain so much life if you want to do that.
0: That is true. That is true. And we haven't even yet talked about Banjosaur, which um yes please i don't even care if this is terrible this is something i'm going to want to do all of the time so it is a 10 mana beast (laughs) but it has rush it's a five six which i know you're like why would i pay 10 mana for a five six joss this sounds terrible why are you excited because whenever it attacks which means it has rush it's going to attack once at least Uh, you draw a beast, so it's got a draw mechanic built in, and then you also gain its stats. So if you're just putting together a big beast hunter, which, you know, probably my macaw doesn't go in here, but if you're putting together a big beast hunter, and this guy, like, draws you your Mukla, all of a sudden he's a 15-16 rusher. That's pretty good!
1: (laughs) Big, Yeah, and also, if you look closely at the card art, he is a dinosaur with arms too short to play his banjo
0: yep <laughs> and
1: also there is a meteor coming for him in the background
0: <laughs> yeah he's gonna have a bad day
1: yeah core wrote this art <laughs> description and said uh she loved describing a sad dino with arms too short to play his banjo but he's a good sport about it and uh yeah it's we're gonna see the other big beast synergy cards that didn't see uh didn't see play yet like faithful companion the seven mana spell from the most recent mini set that goes and gets a beast and if you mana thirst yep. 10 then it gets to a copy of it uh we've got big dreams in this set which sounds like what you have uh five mana spell where you <laughs> plop a beast the highest cost beast from your hand into play and make it dormant for two turns so you can just turn five just throw that banjo sword out there and turn seven it wakes up and you smack something and then you play whatever it draws yep.
0: Uh, and then it also has some support for big beasts in Stranglethorn Heart, which is the legendary uh song, the legendary spell. Their their solo, their song, their whatever it's called, <laughs> and uh, that also is ten mana, but it's tradable. So Hunter got a tradable spell, which means uh that they can you know like if you draw it too early, you just get rid of it and draw something else instead. But the spell is to resurrect all friendly beasts. That cost five or more. So it's very much like a big bomb thing that you do after you've played your muckla and your banjo sores and everything else that you've drawn over the course of your big beast game, which is going to be so much fun. I don't care if you think that it's big dreams that'll never happen. Hat, I'm excited. I'm going to try it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, your uh, Stranglethorn Heart song will bring all of those beasts back and again those at least the ones in this set have rush on them too so they will make an impact on the game and mukla when he comes back won't give any bananas to my opponent so suck it (laughs) yep i'm excited (laughs) i
1: can tell listen i'm glad you're excited and i'm glad that even with all the things that hunter is losing rotation it still looks like they have a clear thing to do that looks fun and i i think naga face hunter even though it's losing a couple good cards uh it's gaining a very nice card here can you read the name of that one for me
0: Aerosmith. Oh, wait, I get that reference. <laughs>
1: I wanted you to say it because no one says it until they read it. Yes. But also, <laughs> I'm not going to think of this as Aerosmith. You remember Colcar? Colcar Pack Runner? Yes. This is Colcar Pack Gunner. Oh, God. Two minutes, two, three, after you cast a spell, deal one damage to the lowest health enemy. It shoots like a gun. It's, you get it. You get it. It's fine.
0: Oh, I get it. I don't want to acknowledge it, but I get it. <laughs> so naga
1: the naga stuff is sticking around because that's in voyage we're losing a couple key cards like aim shot's a big deal uh but we're keeping quick shot and we get bunch of bananas which is a one mana it doesn't have twin spell it has triplet spell you you get to do one mana three times for three bananas if you do turn two aerosmith turn three bunch of bananas you do three pings and attack for five i don't know how often it's going to happen but when it does it's going to be pretty powerful uh, and just getting an extra spell damage that also keeps your opponent off the board seems really, really strong here, uh, and it plays really well into a pretty similar Naga Face Hunter deck that we had in the previous expansion, but with some new spice. So I'm, I'm, I think that you can go small with Hunter, you can go big with Hunter. It seems like it's a class that even, even with everything leaving, is still in a decent spot.
0: Yeah, I think Aerosmith is really interesting too, because it very specifically says lowest health enemy, right? So you know exactly what you're going to hit when you play your spells. So there isn't the kind of randomness that we've seen in, in some other cards that deal damage to enemies in pings. So you're going to know if it's going to work or not before you do your spells. So I think that's um, something that shouldn't necessarily get uh, get glossed over here. So and especially if you can actually get this down on two, it lives and you can play your three bananas on three. Then, you know, like you're you're going to have a pretty big, pretty sticky minion. Um, that's, you know, going to potentially get activated by your other spells on the next turn as well, because it's going to have six health. So it's going to be difficult for the opponent to remove, especially if you're able to remove things off of their board that early on in the game, right? Like you're going to be looking at minions that have one and two health at that point, very likely. So probably going to remove some stuff and then uh, have your Aerosmith uh, stick around for yet another turn. So I think you're right. There's some early stuff. There's some late stuff. Hunter I think looks looks like a lot of fun, but I always think that about hunter, so <laughs> I know you think mage looks fun though, mostly because of all of the crazy cosmic synthesizer things. <laughs> I mean, mage has immaculate
1: vibes i just the the rave direction they went with this it it speaks to my artistic sensibilities at least, and there are some good cards here though no, the the set feels not quite as cohesive, but I still know what I want to do and what most people want to do here. There are two key directions. First, you go big spell with DJ Manastorm. This guy rules. We talked about him, right? I think he was We out. did, yes. yes. Yeah, we did. Um, but the new other thing that is also going to be extremely popular is Light Show. Three mana arcane spell. Shoot two beams at enemies that deal two damage. Shoot one more for each Light Show you've cast this game. The light show never stops. So they want us to copy this spell as many ways possible. Rewind two mana arcane spell. Discover a copy of another spell you've cast this game. Volume up, which is a really, really powerful card. Four mana, draw three spells. Finale, discover a copy of one. As a reminder, finale... This is the first finale card we talked about. Mm -hmm. Finale triggers whenever you look in your mana bar and you play the spell and it says zero as the first number when you have no crystals left. That's what triggers it. So you can go find... Draw three spells, and if one of them is a light show, get a copy. And also, by the way, this is four mana, draw four cards. That's um <laughs> powerful.
0: Yeah. Uh, there's also Audio Splitter, which isn't necessarily exactly support, but if you're going with a light show build, I think a lot of the stuff that you're going to be using alongside of it in terms of spells to help you make copies and stuff uh, are mostly, other than volume up, are lower mana. So light show might realistically be the most expensive card in your hand the most expensive spell in your hand in that case when audio splitter dies it has a death rattle copy the highest cost spell in your hand which you would think oh hey yeah this is going to be a big big spell mage card this is the kind of thing i want to make more copies of my firelands portals which is coming back in core um but you know i think you could use it with light show which is a low typically low mana spell but it's the kind of thing you want a gajillion copies of, right? So I think that if this is one of the highest cost cards in your deck in terms of spells, then Audio Splitter can fit in there as well. Because again, you just want as many copies of Light Show as you can possibly get.
1: Yep. And there are a lot of ways to make more copies. Uh, we will see some Grand Magister Ramaths. That's the nine mana legendary from, uh, I think it's from Lich King, where he recasts all the spells that didn't start in your deck. You made a bunch of Light Shows. Right. He copies a bunch of light shows. Yeah, you've seen him before off of the Countess, but you've never seen him before in Mage, only in Paladin. Um, but yeah, quite strong here. Uh, and
0: I don't know, it just seems kind
1: of fun. It just seems like it just the the making the biggest rave possible for Lethal.
0: Yeah, and it has great card art too.
1: <laughs> the art and the general vibe around the Mage cards I, is a standout for the set for me. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yep, and we do lose a couple of basically archetypes, not just cards. Archetypes, hero power, mage, everything that you can think of is leaving. All of those cards. If you're not sure, then yes, it is. So like, <laughs> even amplified snow flurry is gone. Uh, and then big spell mage, we lose the big spells and the enabler. So evoker is gone. Belinda's gone. We keep barbaric sorceress, uh, but we lose mailbox dancer uh, and we lose rune. We lose drake fire amulet. So. There's not as much in the way of actually large spells. Uh, you're probably going to be using Firelands Portal and Pyroblast. You're Probably going to be using Arcane Defenders. Uh, but DJ Manistorm looks like it is likely to be a Pyroblast-centric strategy, which is, you know, if you're into that sort of thing, That's it's all right. slower. Yeah, yeah, nothing wrong with that. Sounds like
0: a blast. <sighs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, another card I did want to mention that we're getting back uh, is Stargazer Luna. Uh, so this is from a few years back, but uh, it kind of enabled some really fun and interesting, like outcasty type stuff in Mage before Demon Hunter and Outcast was a thing. So uh, if you guys didn't play with her, Stargazer Luna three mana two four. After you play the rightmost card in your hand, draw a card. So you'd play a whole bunch of little cheap stuff, and then basically just like pile through your deck. And again, like if you're kind of looking at making a whole bunch of light shows and you've got a whole bunch of low cost cards in your deck, then, you know, maybe Luna finds her way in there, which is which is kind of cool because she was she was really interesting to play with when she was uh, around in standard. Yeah, it's I think that Luna is
1: a really cool card and she works really well with created stuff like Flame Mm -hmm. Geyser in particular, I think we are likely to see um, because Flame Geyser, It's it used to be 2 mana, deal 2 damage and make a 1-2 elemental, like add a 1 mana 1-2 one elemental, you're in. now it's just 1 damage. So if you draw this, when you play it, it puts the 1-2 far right. You can play that with Luna just fine, and 1 mana to deal 2 damage is perfectly reasonable. That's a card that you could actually just run.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think uh, Mage, even though they're they're losing some stuff and they're they're losing some stuff that is uh, that was kind of like iconic in Mage for a while with the ping stuff. Like we've been doing ping Mage things for a long time, so I'm glad that they're kind of getting something else that's just the same, only different in light show. Like you're still going to be firing little all over the place, (laughs) but they just won't be from your hero power. (laughs) The
1: most recent design, well, we've seen them tap. Because we've seen them make some cards that are like, hey, this is pretty cool. Let's do some more stuff around this. Uh, Shutterwalk led to things like Tess and Jace. What we've seen over the past couple of years that I think really resonates with the player base is make my thing stronger by doing more of it. You saw this with, uh, like, Librams started this. Mm, Librams were a big deal. But then Relics are awesome. Wildfire, like hero power stuff is awesome. And so, light show is another way to do that. And it makes it really clear that you get some control over how this ramps up and also that you want to do it because the payoff is worth it. We're going to see this in Warlock, too, in particular. So, I think it's really interesting space that they also have a bunch of ways to explore because relics are like play cards that say relic, whereas this says play just light shows, just light shows, but they (laughs) keep getting better. So, do more. And we're like,
0: okay, I want to. Absolutely. Um, I think the only other thing that's kind of worth mentioning on the mage side of things is that uh, their tradable card fire sale. So that's uh, the four mana tradable deal three damage to all minions That's staying in core. Uh, That's one of those ones that was supposed to rotate, but isn't, which is awesome. Uh, So it's, you know, not necessarily archetype defining or anything like that, but it's a really good defensive tool. Again, if we start to see like tokeny druids and board centric strategies all that kind of zoo warlocks or, you know, whatever, then uh, fire sale is a really good tool for mages because then also, again, because of the tradable tag, you can get rid of it at any time. If, you know, you're going against someone who doesn't have a board-centric little floody strategy, then trade it and pull something else. So uh, fire sale is a really good tool for mages to have um, at their disposal. So I'm glad that it's one of the things that stayed stuck around in core. Yep. The only other thing I'll mention for mage
1: and this is going to be true for our next class too, Uh, you won't see this as much in theorycrafting. But day one on ladder, spin up your mech mages because this set Mm. has a lot of decent mech synergy and the format as a whole is getting slightly less powerful because of rotation moderately less powerful. A lot of powerful things are leaving and mech mage is keeping almost all of its tools and getting some new ones. So I imagine that some of the decks that were good in Voyage We'll see some of those again, and Mech Mage and Mech Pal in particular stand out to me as things that will be solid options right when you're spinning up the new class. And also, for you free-to-play players out there, you will not have to spend much, if any, dust to get these going because the best mech support cards are commons in this set. So you open your packs you have saved with gold, you will probably be able to find some frequency oscillators and just go to town and play your, play your Mech Mage.
0: Or as you mentioned, your Mech Paladin. So, what is it about Paladin that you think is really going to support Mechs on day one? Uh, well, so I think
1: it's generally the the lower power level of a format really rewards snowbally board strategies. Uh, and I mean their core set got so much better because not just because of what they gained, but because of what they lost. Like losing twenty pounds of dead weight, secrets are gone. <laughs> Thank goodness. I understand there are a lot of Secret Paladin fans out there, and I'm not judging the archetype, but usually it's either broken or wasted space. We've seen both in Hearthstone's history. Sort of the Fallen rotating out. The card was really broken at 1-3 when it got Omayag oh and, and worked with Librams. But mm-hmm. then after they nerfed it and took away the Librams, it just kind of sat there for a while. Uh, and the secrets were better for Rogue than they were for Paladin. And we don't want
0: Paladin, like just from a like class fantasy Warcraft perspective, like secrets never made sense to me in Paladin. It's like the Paladins aren't that secretive. Like when you play a Paladin in WoW, like you're if you're damaged, you're all about the retribution and you're up in people's faces. And then same thing when you're playing as like protection as a tank, like. Your big gather everyone to you move is you take your shield and you captain America at all the enemies and it goes ping 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 ping. Like you're not subtle. <laughs> so it always shocked me that paladins had secret like secrets, period. Like it makes sense in Hunter and Rogue, like those are sneaky wow classes. It makes sense for them to, you know, have secretive moves that you don't know about as the opponent. But that's just that's just not paladin <laughs> at all. <laughs> so I always thought that that was kind of odd, and I'm glad that they've kind of moved away. And in the core set, it looks like they're moving back towards some of my favorite archetypes of Paladin, which in particular is Dude Paladin. Muster for Battle's coming back. Muster for Battle was ridiculous in its day.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for those of you not around back then, uh, I believe Ixar said that Muster for Battle was probably the literal best performing card in Standard when they made it because classic paladin vanilla paladin was super mediocre and then yeah <laughs> they uh fixed it in gvg when they printed shielded Minibot to muster which was quite the curve and then things escalated from there um and yeah to your point on secrets like i i guess they were meant to convey paladin's like proc reactions but it still doesn't fit with the game mechanics all that well no. and i will i will reference the year of the wolf core update article um They're doing a bunch of class identity nudges, some tuning, and Paladin was specifically called out. Uh, We've set the stage for a look at Paladin, for instance, by trying out the class without any secrets in this core set. We plan to check in on this adjustment and see about further tuning for the class later this year. This is something they're trying. Secrets may be back. They may not be. They don't know until they try without them. My theory would be that every class feels better without secrets because because they're secrets. Um... But I'd be really surprised if we got to this point and people said, well, secrets feel like something that really should be a core part of Paladin. I don't I, I don't anticipate that. We'll see.
0: But I yeah, anticipate that. I, I don't think that that is going to be the feedback, but, you know, you never know. <laughs> yep. And the
1: cards they're bringing back and buffing, like Muster for Battle, Lothraxian, 5-5-5, uh, five minute, five five, uh, legendary that for the rest of the game, whenever you summon... A silver hand recruit give it a bubble. <laughs> yep, whenever you summon a dude, give it a bubble. Bubble up your dudes, future dudes, yep. not present dudes. <laughs> it's not it's not dude retroactive. Um Yeah. We get back hand of a doll. Hand of
0: a doll is a big one, I think. Yeah. Give a minion plus 2 plus 1 and draw a card. Like this was in so many if not all Paladin decks. Like it's it's a for two mana just like the drawing of the card, let alone the minion buff. Like this is it's just hand of a doll is just a good card.
1: Yeah, and they made some of Paladin's spells really good, like Consecration and Hammer of Wrath. Both cost three now. Those might go in a mech Paladin because now you have damage. Like, mm-hmm. Hammer of Wrath is just an unconditional quick shot, Three mana, deal three, draw a card, holy spell. I'm here for that. I'm interested in doing that. And it's something that I can run without feeling like I'm making a compromise by doing so. Uh, Consecration at three mana, it, just, it was time for this to be a cheaper effect. When you pr- when you give this to DK and let them draw a card, like Paladin needs something here. Let them have something while they're alive. <laughs> Don't wait until they're dead to give them a bonus. Um, and there's just a- the core set looks really really strong. It's all good cards, it's all mm-hmm. good cards. So I imagine we'll see quite a quite a few of these seeing play.
0: Yeah, and I'm excited to see what Paladin looks like and what they do without Cariel. Like I mean, I I feel like I said this months ago, like before we even had the Lich King expansion, that like I was just done with vicarial (laughs) effect and so i'm glad that the that that hero card is moving out specifically um but yeah so in terms of the new expansion though are there any cards that really like stick out to you for me i think jitterbug is really cool i think that's it's basically bubble support so uh it's a four mana four three divine shield on itself and then after a friendly character you loses divine shield so that is going to interact with the jitterbug itself as well as your hero because if you remember the um starlight groove which is their paladin legendary spell is to give your hero divine shield and then refresh it with holy spells for the rest of the game. So um, that's specifically why Jitterbug is worded the way that it is friendly character. So after a friendly character loses Divine Shield, you draw a card. So you kind of have this like card draw engine, and it's a beast. It's not a mech itself, but there are a lot of Divine Shield mechs (laughs) in Paladin. So like as soon as I saw this, I'm like, even though Jitterbug itself is not a mech, I feel like I just put this as a draw engine into my mech Paladin because... There's bubbles everywhere in Mech Paladin.
1: (laughs) Yep, and it's the set is a very bubbly set. There is a lot of Divine Mm -hmm. Shield synergy. I think one of the strongest cards in the expansion, if not the actual strongest, is uh, the Paladin card here, Spotlight. Two mana Holy Spell, tradable, convert a Divine Shield, a friendly Divine Shield, into a 5-5 elemental. So you just play one of your six one-drops of Divine Shield to Righteous Protector, to Sanguine Soldier, to... uh, uh, Click, locker, and then if the bubble sticks around, you just make a two mana five five. If you're going second, you just play the one drop and then coin this on turn two, and then you have a two mana five five. We're already being rewarded for using divine shields. Jitterbug absolutely can go in this deck, but also it's just a two mana five five. Like it, that doesn't need yeah. <laughs> that doesn't need context. It's just something you hit them with and then they die. <laughs>
0: Is there, is there anything else that kind of stands out that we maybe haven't necessarily talked about yet? Like, we talked about a Noyo Troop already. Yes. Pal,
1: like, the big Paladin stuff is a little weird to me. I'm not quite sure how I'm supposed yeah. to use it. I do know that a Noyo Troop is powerful, and I think the best way to use a Noyo Troop is probably by circumventing most of the big Paladin stuff in this set and just playing Blood Crusader. Because Blood Crusader is, from the last set, the 6 mana 5-5, five five, the next Paladin minion you play costs health instead of mana. Just, if you just play that, or if you coin that out on five, you pay your nine, you put an anoya Troop in play, and then your opponent cannot attack you for the rest of forever.
0: <laughs> well, especially since we have Kangor, too, right? So, we get some, li- like, there's some Lifesteal built in. Ziliax is coming back um yes. into, into Core as well, so there's some Lifesteal that's neutral across all classes as well, so there's i think a, a little bit more healing available coming up this year than maybe we've had um at least neutrally in a while so uh but i keep forgetting kangor's not a mech like i feel like kangor should be a mech <laughs> he's the guy that makes the mechs he makes the mechs i know but he's a mech too <laughs> and he's he's he
1: looks mech he, he's like a mech cosplayer i don't know i don't know what his deal is uh but also and <laughs> This is the class that also cares the most about the magnetic return. Uh, there yes. are three other magnetic cards returning in core, and they're all getting a buff. Bronze Gatekeeper, three mana, two five taunt with magnetic. War Gear, five mana, six five magnetic, and Replicating Menace. It's a three two magnetic that uh, that spits out three one one tokens when the thing it's magnetized who dies or when it dies. Um, War Gear is a lot of effectively charged damage. If you stick any mech, you just play it and hit them for an extra six. Mm-hmm. And we have hand buff, too. Rhyme Street Outfitter is coming back in Paladin Course, It used to be a two-mana 1-1. Now it's a two-mana 2-2 that just buffs your hand by plus one, plus one. You can hand buff these things and then magnetize them and then kill your opponent. Which I know
0: you like to do. Killing I your do. opponent
1: is high on your list. It's it's my goal in, in pretty much every Hearthstone game I play. So... Uh, <laughs> I think Paladin's in a really, really good position in day one. You've got pure, you've got dudes, you got pure dudes, you got dragons, you got bubbles, you got mechs, you got all sorts of options here. Though I will pour one out. Bananas are now exclusively a hunter thing because we lost our banana man. I'm so sorry. It's okay. He, he lived a good <laughs> life. He even survived having one health for a little bit.
0: <laughs> for a little bit. A little bit. Alright, let's talk about Priest. Priest is a lot (laughs) yeah they have uh they have a lot of core changes we already mentioned shard of the naru is uh staying in so that is their uh tradable card silence all enemy minions we've got benedictus benedictus is staying which enables the uh shadow archetype uh there's a ton a ton a ton of stuff here because this is basically like priest got the the major overhaul right like Paladin lost secrets, but priest just got different. (laughs) There's uh, there's a quite a few uh, overheal cards in the core set now, too. So uh, mana geode, two mana, two, three overheal, summon a two, two crystal, Uh, crimson clergy, which is a one mana, one, three overheal draw card. Uh, then we have Holy Champion, which is a 2-mana 1-4 overheal gain plus 2 attack. These are all cards we've seen in the past, but now they have that overheal keyword, which is new with this expansion. And they've been basically completely, like, Holy Champion was a 4-mana
1: 3-5. Total rework. This is a new card.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's same art. Same name, same art. Totally different card. <laughs>
1: so... I, I think we talked about Overheal a bit last time, and Priest is definitely the set with the most changes, but also with the most opportunity for changes, because this was talked about, they wrote they wrote six paragraphs on Priest, seven paragraphs on Priest and new thing. I'm not going to read them all to you. There's a great article. <laughs> Go check it out. But I will call out a couple sentences. Priest has had an issue where some of its mechanics have some of the biggest gaps between what's fun to play and what's fun to play against. For example, making future resurrection spells only bring back undead minions would let us continue printing those powerful and flashy effects, but make them more predictable and less frustrating to play against. Thank you, Blizzard. I think that is wise. <laughs> and they changed Katrina Muerte. She used to be an eight mana six eight that at the end of your turn would just res something. Now she costs seven, but she only brings back undeads. So they're really leaning into the Shadow Holy Split more because they finally figured out how to do it and make Shadow playable. Uh, and the undead stuff feels pretty natural because Shadow Priest was always kind of like necromancer adjacent. And so you yeah, end that's up true. You end up communing with this, like, it's the afterlife component where you don't necessarily bring back corporeal forms, you bring back spirits and stuff like that. Priest can play into that. We see that a little bit here, and we're going to see more of it. I really like the direction, and I'm really glad that Shadow Priest seems like it's going to get some slower options in addition to the faster ones that we've seen, too.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. And so we've already, we talked a little bit, Priest is one of the classes that's getting a new location in this upcoming set. Uh, So they have the one mana two durability fan club, which restores three health to all friendly characters. So obviously that's going to interact with overheal really nicely. Um, Are there any other things that really stand out to you? Um, I feel like we already talked about most, if not all, of the new priest cards coming in the expansion. I feel like we had a lot of these when we recorded last week.
1: The most important one that was not previously revealed is Love Everlasting. Love Everlasting. Oh, right. Okay. So, because they revealed Overheal was advertised early, right? Because it's it's an Overheal overhaul, right? So, like, they made sure to let (laughs) us know uh, that that was happening and what that would look like because this is the class with the largest change year over year, which Priest players will be used to. I think this is either the third or the fourth core rework they've gotten. Um, But this one at least makes sense to me. And so, Love Everlasting is for the slower Priest players out there. Three mana, Holy Spell, Legendary, your first spell each turn. Cost two less, and it lasts until you don't play a spell on your turn. So this will go in the quest sigil objective secret spot over the priest hero. It lives there, and then it stays there and makes the first spell every turn cheaper until you skip playing a spell for a turn, then it goes away. Uh, You can't stack this, but it is discoverable. You can go find it if you need to, but if you have one in play, you cannot play another one. So it's not like you get to stack this discount. But you know what's really good for making sure you have a spell to play each turn, Joss? Sister Svalna. Hmm. So you get that vision of darkness in your hand, that perpetual discover. If that's your first spell for one mana every turn, that seems pretty priesty. That seems like a priesty thing to do.
0: It does. And the, actually, the other one I wanted to talk about, which is a shadow spell that we, I don't think, talked about last week, is uh, Shadow Chord Distort, which is a three mana uh, rare priest shadow spell. Give a minion minus five, minus five. If it has zero attack, destroy it, which is a really interesting, like, Shadow Word, Death and Pain adjacent type card um, that either lets you, like, debuff an enemy minion down to a more manageable size, and if you make it all the way down, then it just goes poof and gets destroyed. So I really like this card design. Like, it's it's so interesting, and uh, like you said, it goes into a Shadow Priest deck but it's not necessarily like damage, you know? It's just like, hey, get out of my way, <laughs> which I kind of like. It's,
1: it feels priesty, but it's different.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's, that's what they've done so successfully for the past couple of years that has taken them a while to dial in. Make it feel like priest, but make it play differently than we've had in the past. Cool card. Really like it. Uh, fight Over Me is really, really fun. Um, mm-hmm. Where that's, you make two, like, you're actually a K pop band and you make your fans fight. And (laughs) any, I, it makes two minions, enemy minions fight each other. And any of them that die, you get copies of. So if they both die, then you get to, like, it's kind of gruesome. You kill your fans and then you get them.
0: (laughs) And then you get them? Yeah.
1: (laughs) All right. I'm not going to think about the flavor, but
0: it's it's a fun, fun looking card.
1: I don't know. It's, I, I, I think the, the, Art Direction General vibe here is really, really cool. And also, like, this looks different, but also really priesty. So I'm going to try it. And it seems like there's a lot of ways to play Priest with a one drop on one. Or instead of... uh, They should have renamed Love Everlasting to Game Everlasting. Because it's going to (laughs) take a long time to finish those games.
0: Which is kind of interesting. Like, so Priest, out of everybody, like, they top out in this set at six mana. There is no more expensive card in this set, which is kind of an odd thing for priest. I feel like they're always getting a couple of late game cards in each set. So the fact that uh, the harmonic pop uh, spell is the most expensive thing, which is also really cool design. So it's deal three damage to all minions and summon a six, six pop star and it swaps each turn. So this is the harmonic. I forget what the other side is, but dissonant. Dissonant. Thank you uh spell. So this is the swapping back and forth one. So uh it swaps to deal six damage to all minions and summon a 3-3 three, three pop star. So uh kind of interesting card design, but again, the most expensive card in the priest set this time around. Kind of interesting. Yeah, it's
1: I'm curious to see where Priest goes, and we've had success with Priest with uh lower overall curve but still doing long game things and sister Svalna feels like it's getting some pretty direct support here. And that's exactly what all the D gen priest players that I know want to do anyway. So that's fair. Speaking of D gen players.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, shadow step is staying in core.
1: (laughs) It is people have feelings about this.
0: There are so many feels. Oh my God. (laughs) All over Twitter.
1: I have interviewed people like, why do you feel this way about Shadow Step? Let's try and find the articulation. The best I was able to find, I was talking to one of our patrons, this GTI, um, really good with with broken neutrals, and it makes you see them twice, and has been a core part of Rogue since they made the game. So like, it's not like, uh, Druid Ramp is a close analogy, but we get different ramp spells we talked about that, wow, Shadow Step is just Shadow Step. Uh, So we'll see... If it ends up being problematic, but I can say for sure it'll be played and people will talk about it. But a lot of things get played and people talk about them. I don't know. Um, I do know that this Rogue set wouldn't make sense without shadowstep Because Rogue is bouncing around. They're doing a lot of stuff where they play cards and pick them up and put them back down. And the the power exploitation I see out of shadowstep isn't going to be with these cards. These cards will be playable and potentially powerful and solid because Shadow Step exists. The broken stuff is more the mana cheating and a lot of the Nathria rogue cards, Sinstone Graveyard and Draca in particular. Those effects are where we see a lot of really, really strong interactions. Here, I think you just need Shadow Step to make the cards function. Rhyme Spinner is the thing I'm most excited to do. I think we talked about it already, but I'm still pretty stoked about it. It's the 3-mana 1-3 rush combo gain, plus 1, plus 1 for each other combo card you played this game. You're going to stack this with... The cheap combo minions are going to stack this with Gone Fish and with and uh, with Eviscerate, with Ghostly Strikes, and just try and make some decent boards of Rhyme Spinners that hit and bounce and hit and bounce and break dance and whatever. Like,
0: should be <laughs> fun. Yeah, and you mentioned Eviscerate, but yeah, Eviscerate is coming back in, in core and also uh, Elven Minstrel. So, four mana, three, three combo, draw two minions from your deck. So, that's coming back as well. Um. So even more combo support uh, to kind of help rogue do what they want to do in the new expansion. Um. Also, and I was curious how you feel about this, because uh, so we've got three rogue secrets, ambush, plagiarize and cheat death that are all going to be in core. But we also got Shadow Jeweler Hanar. Are you a fan? Do you like Secret Rogue? Do you think it's going to be powerful? Are you more excited to bounce around? Like what what is it? Like what are your thoughts on on Secret Rogue? Cuz that's definitely the way that Core is kind of leaning. I think they got four cards worth of secret support.
1: Yeah, like the thing about secrets is you can't do half-ass secret support because then I know what your secret is. It's not a secret. Yeah. It's, a, <laughs> it's a public. So like, you know, I'm not here for public Rogue. <laughs> Um, that's just how it works. This <laughs> is really good. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, I, Hanar is an annoying card. I've played with Hanar. I've played against Hanar. Uh, it's <sighs> perpetual value is not really all that fun off two drops unless you're the person doing it, and even then you want it to be kind of restricted and not self-sustaining necessarily, like Wretched Exile and Demon Hunter. It makes a bunch of outcast cards. Okay, that's not a big deal right now. Uh, but Veil Veilweaver was a card that people had feelings about. Kick Rogue, Kick Master is something that eventually became pretty strong. Um, the thing that makes me a little less nervous about Hanar is that no Paladin is a huge deal. Because that mm. means there's no one mana secret to both defend Hanar and keep the cycle going. It's going to be a lot more expensive to keep it happening. And Hanar last time was accompanied by Blackjack Stunner which is a 1-mana one 1-2 one that if you had a secret, it bounced an enemy minion and made it cost one more. That card was really, really strong. So Hanar doesn't have support. It has cards. But I don't think the secret cards are all that great. If you want to be a disruptive, griefy rogue, you can do that. I don't know how many games it'll win, but I know it'll be frustrating to face. Um, hmm. But I don't think that's necessarily a bad place to be. And also, I view this core set as a pretty active powering down of rogue a little bit. Because you're giving yeah. it cards that generally are slower more reactive uh and harder to use as part of a strategy that used to kill your opponent
0: so in terms of what rogue is actually doing we do still have concoctions in rogue do you think that's going to be the main archetype heading into kind of day one rogue stuff or you know do you think that the bouncing around and doing combo things is going to be powerful enough to unseat concoctions <laughs>
1: Well, concoctions are gonna go in every rogue deck for a while. Like it's <laughs> they're just too good to not do. Um, to the point where I wonder if it's gonna be class limiting, because why wouldn't you include them? It's like seven cards that are really, really strong. Um the the Alchemist that makes your next concoction free combined with Potion Belt, like you can just sprint whenever you want all over the place. Putricide is perpetual. Um it's a small number of cards that just go in all the decks, so. I wonder if it's going to feel like Librams and Paladin, where if you're not playing them, you're probably making a mistake, even though they might look a little different. And if you're, at, if you're high up on the ladder, Miracle Rogue is not losing very much, and it makes me nervous. Um, but that's not a deck that a lot of people see. Thief Rogue is losing a good number of cards. Wild Pond Noel, finally. Scabs, Hero, uh, Contraband, Stash, Reconnaissance, Tooth of Nefarian. But we're keeping Jackpot, we're keeping Trickster, and we're keeping Tess. And I know Thief Rogue players, and they're going to keep Thief Rogan, because that's what they do. Doesn't matter how much it wins, that's what they want to do. If you still want to do this, you can. It's worse, but you can still do it.
0: But it's doable. Yep. (laughs) Yep. All right. Let's talk about Shaman. And the very first thing I want to bring up in Shaman is Overdraft, because this was the card we were talking about last week when we saw a whole bunch of Overload support coming in the new expansion for Shaman. I was like, but they don't have overdraft. So what are they going to do? Like, I'm not excited to overload things if my crystals are just going to stay overloaded. So um, if you if you don't remember, overdraft is the one mana tradable uh, shaman spell, unlock your overloaded mana crystals and deal that much damage. So, I mean, just even without the dealing of the damage, there's so much overload stuff going on in the new set in shaman that it felt like. Without Overdraft, it was almost just dead in the water, so really, really glad that Overdraft is sticking around.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I was worried about Eternal Sentinel and hoping for Lava Shock, and Overdraft is beyond my wildest dreams. Um, With that (laughs) being said, I'm glad they kept Overdraft, I'm glad they kept Bloodlust, because I am worried about Shaman. People are talking about Warrior. I know people are talking about Warrior, and it's because Shaman had a good deck more recently, but shaman has cards but i don't see as much of a deck murloc shaman loses some pretty important stuff uh totem got some tools
0: thing from below is fun yeah that's that's interesting that that's back now so thing from below uh is a six mana five five taunt costs one less for each totem you've summoned this game um so i mean we we saw a lot of it when it was first printed um they are also bringing back grand totem eyesore so at the end of your turn Give plus one, plus one to all totems in your hand, deck, and battlefield. Uh, Three mana, zero, four, but obviously becomes a a one, five at the end of your turn. So, um, yeah, like you said, totems did have some support. I do want to talk about, because you mentioned Murloc Shaman, the Saxophone Soloist. So it's a one mana, one, two Murloc Battlecry. If you control no other minions, add a Saxophone Soloist to your hand. So basically you get another one, two, one mana Murloc. Except it's a soloist and Murlocs, they like to swarm. They like to hang out together. So it kind of feels almost like counterintuitive. Like if this was an elemental, sure. If this was a Naga, even then. But Murlocs just feel like dudes that want to stick together. (laughs) So the fact that this is a soloist, I thought was kind of weird. Uh, How do you feel about the, the soloist Murloc?
1: This is Firefly. It just keeps yeah. going. It's always having something to do when they clear my board makes sense. I do think it's, it's a little awkward, but I get what it's going for. This is the first thing you play after a board clear, and you always have a first thing to play. You always have a Murloc in play. Um, I don't know if that's good enough, but I know it's something. And there's a Shaman card in particular that I think might be slept on a little bit, at least I hope, so we have something to do in the class. Melomania. <laughs> it's a weird card. Zero mana shaman spell. Every time you play a minion this turn, you add a random shaman spell to your hand. There might be an opportunity for a lower curve tokeny shaman deck because schooling is sticking around uh, where maybe you do like Melomania, three Piranha or Saxophone soloist first and then three Piranhas. You get four shaman spells and you get to play your stuff and you just keep going that way and soloist gives you food. Uh, it's Infuse fodder, keeps up with board clears,
0: a little bit at least. Right, I keep forgetting that, uh, that Infuse is still a thing. Yeah. That's, uh, Nathria. Yeah, so that'll be sticking around for this standard year. So,
1: I'm still not sure what we're doing here. I do think that Melomania in a lower curve at least starts to get interesting. I want to play with it to understand. They did have a lot of Overload Synergy stuff, but I see a lot of cards with Overload. I'm not sure how many of them win us games. It's the old Shaman problem of we have support cards, but I'm not sure how we convert that to getting over the finish line. And if there's any class that really relied on battle cry scaling, it is this one. We lose mm. Bran, Bolner, and Macaw.
0: Huge Yay! losses. But it's
1: <laughs> Bolner and Macaw, I think, at least, like, they gave Shaman a clear idea of what to do, and the Battlecry direction has been explored a lot since Shutterwalk, and it's been pretty successful. I don't want to stick around forever, but now I'm not sure what we do.
0: Hmm. We summon Ragnaros.
1: We do. And I hope we do that. It's not only is Ragnaros just a minion in core, but we have Jive Insects, which is uh, five mana legendary spell overload to transform minion to Rag the Fire Lord. Fun. Great name.
0: <laughs> this is when you say good card. <laughs>
1: I mean, it's a fun card. But like, I, I'm pretty sure that we're going to remember pretty quickly that Rag used to be a lot better because the game has definitely yeah. changed a bit.
0: Oh, absolutely. And and that's actually, I mean, like, I, I don't necessarily want to jump to neutrals, but since we're talking about Rag, there's other than Zilliax, we've already mentioned, uh, Rag is coming back in core. Dr. Boom is coming back in core, which at the time he was like every single like deck ran him. Everyone played him on seven. Like he was so good, but like, Are these good enough now? Uh, I mean, like, there's other kind of more techie cards like Dirty Rat and Cult Neophyte that uh, we're seeing coming back into core as well. Like, the the neutrals are definitely interesting. Um, But, yeah, like, are people going to play Boom? Is our Boom and Rag not Boom and Rag anymore? (laughs) I feel pretty confident that
1: Boom is not Boom anymore. (laughs) Boom was. No. <laughs> do you know what year that card came out? Do you really want to know? I don't wanna
0: know, know if I want to know. I feel like it's probably like 2014 or something really sad.
1: <laughs> uh, it was 2014, yes.
0: Ah! <laughs> and also, I'll tell
1: you, two days ago on Friday, it was Grim Patron's eighth birthday.
0: Why do you do this to me, Hat? Why? Because
1: <laughs> it's, it's good content. It's funny. Oh. <laughs> It's it my heart. I'm so old now. <laughs> it's. I mean, we we watched Grim Patron grow up. Yeah, <laughs> it's. We watched. We watched everyone get in here, and now they got to go out into the world. Everyone get out of here. It's you know.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> but yeah, boom is just it's. You're gonna play them on seven, then they're gonna hit you. Uh, the the bots don't have. Azure Drake doesn't even die to a bot anymore, so it's not gonna be the same. Because uh, Azure Drake is five health now. But. You know, I'm glad they're around because you can bring back these iconic cards and people can play with them because they're fun. My Diamond Drag, which I crafted impulsively in Classic, will finally get some use. But um, I I am not clear yet on how Shaman takes these cards and gets them over the finish line. But I'm hoping that there is some value Shaman out there that I haven't figured out yet. That's pretty cool. There are people that are on the case already, like Jomber will have something fun.
0: Mhm. Well, and I mean like you said, Shaman has been a uh, very decent. They've had decent things to do. They've had interesting and powerful decks very recently, so like maybe it's okay that they're not super ridiculous right now. Uh they can take a little bit of time off and that's okay cuz uh yeah, I'm definitely excited like i'm super over getting snowfall guardian macad so that's yeah i'm i'm glad that we're seeing some changes there and maybe it takes them a couple of expansions like i would like to see them get a really good and interesting totem deck i feel like it's been a really long time since we've had a good totem shaman and totems are so iconically shaman that i want to see them do something like that and i feel like this is like the third class. I feel like it was Demon Hunter, Druid and now Shaman that I've been like, it's going to be really cool if they can have some more board based, make a bunch of minions type strats. Um, but yeah, I really feel like um, that's a space I'd like to see Shaman explore in the next year or so. And just going back to that totem um, kind of archetype and uh, and kind of core uh, class fantasy there. And obviously with things from below, we do get some totem support. So maybe we'll see. Even more going for, oh, and Grand Totem Eyesore as well. So there's there's the building blocks potentially for Shaman to be good with totems in uh, in an expansion or two. So keep an eye out on that. Let's talk about Warlock. Uh, they're getting some cool stuff back. Mel'Ganis is coming back, which I love. And he kind of helps to support what they're doing in the new expansion, which is taking fatigue damage. There's three, if not four, uh cards printed in the new expansion that say specifically take fatigue damage and do a thing. Um, there's some immunity early game with Void Virtuoso, which is a one mana one three during your turn your hero is immune. And then, like I mentioned, Melganus is also coming back as well, which is a nine mana card. But he also has immunity built into his text as well. So Fatigue warlock fatigue damage Warlock. Like, because it's not even fatigue Warlock, because you don't have to empty your deck. You're just taking the damage, right? So, how do we feel about this? I think Warlock got
1: some of the sweetest cards. Like I don't know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about competitive impact here. Some of these are obviously meant to be competitive. Some of them I am less convinced they are. But also, just the mechanic here, the way they implemented it, it is really clever. So there are three cards that. You take fatigue damage as a battle cry when you play them. And then, based on how big your fatigue is, something happens. This is the scaling thing in a yeah. very warlocky way. There's Barantone Imp, two mana, two, two, battle cry, take fatigue damage, gain that much attack and health. This is just a strong card at base. It's a two mana, three, three. That deals you one damage. Go straight in Imp Warlock. Uh, Crescendo, three mana fell spell, take fatigue damage, deal that much damage to all enemies. So if you play the Imp on two, then it's, uh, Crescendo on three is two damage to all enemies, it goes face, and if you're able to scale it up more, that's pretty cool. Uh, and then Crazed Conductor, five mana, four, five. Battle Cry, take fatigue damage, summon that many, three, three imps. If you only take two damage, it's a five drop that also gives you two imps, that's like perfectly solid. So, these three cards are the only ones we've seen so far, I imagine something in the mini set later this year will also do something along these lines. It's a bit tricky to evaluate them all, because if you want these to improve outside of cards that have this text you have to actually hit fatigue that's pretty hard to do we're losing a lot of powerful and gross churn cards uh hero tammy is going away rune mithrarad thank goodness is going away um (laughs) but we have melganis we have void Collar, which summons melganis early so if your hero is immune fatigue doesn't hurt you right so, if there was a way to get to Fatigue early, then these cards would scale up. What about, like, uh, the
0: Jailer? Right. That's interesting. And Jailer is a card that, like, has not seen play.
1: Like, a little bit. It saw a little bit. You could put him in Druid. You could put him in Paladin. It was okay in those. Uh, but, yeah, in Marshal the Lich King, it has not seen play. Yeah. Jailer, if you have a Malaganis down, first of all, You don't take any damage. But second of all, the Malganus is immune, and your hero is immune. So what do they do? (laughs) And if they don't have silence or non-targeted removal, they don't. That's it. They can't attack literally anything. People are going to want to do that. That sounds fun. Yeah. I don't think it'll come up that often. This is not going to be like a, a... (laughs)
0: A game-breaking combo. Not oppressive. (laughs) Um,
1: But people will shoot for it, and if you get there, it'll be fun. Um, Mm -hmm. And then they also got... Again, I don't know how competitive this card is. I think it is the coolest card in the set.
0: Symphony of Sins. I was wondering if that was going to be the one you were going to talk about. This one is really cool. It makes you feel like you're not missing out on anything with your Discover, which I love.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's so it's a... Six mana, discover and play a movement, shuffle the other six into your deck. There are seven because of the seven deadly sins. They rename desire uh, Lust to Desire for whatever reason. Even though Bloodlust is okay, you take the murder out and it's not okay now. <laughs> then it, it's, it's not
0: okay. Then it's sexy times and that's just wrong.
1: <laughs> but anyway, um, so there are seven different movements that all do different things. They all reference the number six. Movement of Envy removes top six cards of their deck. Moving to Pride, draw draw your highest cost minion reduces cost by six. Moving to Wrath, deal six to all characters, so on and so forth. Draw some cards, make six six taunty Reborn Demon. Uh, it's it's all very much like Number of the Beast, Evil Symphony vibes. Love the flavor. The you discover out of seven, so your discover is not going to be reliable. You're going to see three of the seven. You can't really lean into one. But the other ones get shuffled into your deck. They're all three mana spells when they get shuffled in, so you don't have to pay six again. They're only three, which they're all pretty powerful effects. You just can't depend on which one you're going to draw, which one you're going to play, but they're all really good cards.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like, the six mana cost on it makes sense to me because so when you discover, you're not pulling it into your, into your hand. When you discover one of them, it's immediately played. So you don't have to pay that three cost for it. So to me, I I think, like you said, they're all really powerful cards. And even though it's going to be a little bit less reliable, there's a whole bunch that like I feel like if I if I get a couple of situational options, but then I also get envy like why not just remove six? uh, Like if I don't need to do board damage, if I don't need to do face damage or whatever. Like, there's some options that just kind of always feel good. So I I think that this is going to be... I think this is going to see play, and I think it's a powerful card, and it's really interesting design.
1: Yep, and we've seen... Discovers with unreliable, powerful effects are fine. Like, we've seen this with both 4-mana Kazakis, Kazakis? Kazakis? I don't know what the plural (laughs) (laughs) is. Yeah. Uh, Kazis. A couple Kazis. Um, (laughs) So there are a couple here that I think are going to be... Pretty hard to say no to in general. Like the uh, summon a six six with Taunt and Reborn, okay, and deal six damage to the enemy hero with Life Steal, okay. You're, those are never going to be bad choices. They increase survivability. The one that deals six damage to the entire board is and to both and to both heroes is a yeah. less reliable because it hits your own face. But it's something that you can pick if you really need to clear a wider board. Uh, that means that three of the seven are find a way to help you survive. And you're pretty likely to see one of those. Um, it reminds me as well a little bit of Kronks, where the, the Galakron 6-6 that you discovered one of four options.
0: Right. Yes, 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 yes. A little
1: bit of that, where you can just pick what's best for you in the situation. Um, I don't know. It's just rad. Like, it's, it's, just a, it's just like very much the evil symphony vibes. I think it's cool.
0: It is. It's very cool, and I also wanted to mention that Defile is coming back. So yeah. I have no idea, like, what kind of Warlock wants to do this if they're if they even need it in Standard right now. But uh, Defile is a really iconic Warlock removal tool. So, or it was back in the day. Uh, so it's a two mana Shadow spell. Deal one damage to all minions. If any die, cast this again. So it's um, like it sometimes takes some setup, but we saw it see play like so, so much when it was in standard like warlocks were doing this all the time. So I expect that we're probably going to see some kind of defile or some warlocks that are playing defile at some point in the next standard year. So, I mean, it's a huge, amazing control tool for warlocks. Don't put it in Implock. It does not go in Implock. No, don't, no. Don't put it on... (laughs) No Warlock where you want a board should have Defile in it. (laughs) All right. We we mentioned it briefly. Uh, The internet's upset. Warrior didn't get a lot of help. (laughs) Well, maybe.
1: Warrior didn't get the help that people decided it needed. Right? Yeah,
0: okay, that's fair. But I mean, like, okay, so... The very first card in the official Hearthstone infographic for things in core that are coming back for Warrior, Armagedillo, Really? <laughs> Didn't we reveal that card? We did. Well, okay, so was was interesting. So it wasn't technically attack reveal. This is back before they thought podcasts should have card reveals. What we had was... Uh, An exclusive interview. So it was a community revealed card. We had to hit some sort of milestone of something. I can't even remember what it was. So technically the Hearthstone team revealed the card and then we at the same time had a dev interview about the card that we were allowed to put out at the same time. So it wasn't a tack card reveal, but it was the first time we knew about a card ahead of time and had some content to go along with it. So, uh, but it was a terrible card. Nobody played it.
1: (laughs) They gave it an extra health, but yes, it's, there is meme fodder here. This reminds me a lot of when Priest got Purify, even though Priest of the Feast was in the same set, people were mad at Purify because the class was bad and it got a card that didn't fit people's preconceived notions of the class, even though Purify ended up seeing a little bit of play. Um, Warrior, the direction is what needs some help. We're not sure how the class is going to win games. Control Warrior generally didn't get a lot. And uh, we're losing some really key Control Warrior cards, in particular Shield Shatter is going away and the Rokara Hero.
0: They're also losing, um, sorry, Shield Maiden and Smith, which yes. are two things that I would think, like, absolutely a Control Warrior would want. <laughs> but they didn't want them.
1: Right? Like, yeah. they, didn't, they didn't play them, and Shield Shatter was not enough for Control Warrior to have above a 40% win rate for the last two expansions. So we're losing something that people were attached to, but wasn't working. And so, I'm going to quote 40-year-old Virgin here. I use this quote a lot. If what feels right hasn't worked for you, then you've got to try some wrong. Right? So, like, the control stuff has not worked. For two expansions now, when it did work in Voyage, it was because of all the mana cheating. And we don't want to go back to that. You don't want, like, in Smite's rotating out, but Depths into Nelly was not compelling gameplay. That was not what we're looking to do. So, instead, they're clearly trying a different approach where Warrior gets Menagerie and Taunts. They get Minions, and they care about Minion types. So, Sword Eater in Core is a huge deal. That card's going to be in every Warrior deck. Four mana, two, five, Pirate, Taunt, Battlecry, equip a 3-2 weapon. Just extremely efficient card. It works well in Menagerie. It works well with Taunt. It works well with hitting your opponent for six. Like, it's just just a good card. So we're going to see a bunch of this. There are some Taunt synergy cards. Armegadillo's one of them. Not the only one, but one of them.
0: (laughs) But one of them, yeah. Which I'm actually kind of surprised that they didn't make this a dual minion. Like a mech beast. Well, he's wearing, he's wearing
1: a, a, a robot
0: coat. He's not a robot. <laughs> I see.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's his, his humanity or, well, his armadig- armadillo ness remains. <laughs> I don't know what humanity equivalent is for armadillos, but whatever it is, the, the soul of the armadillo his remains. Beastliness. <laughs> yes. Um, and then as far as the menagerie cards, so there are two different packages we got in Festival. We got a very clear menagerie package. Cards that like Rockmaster Rock Voon, 4-mana, four 4-3, four, Battlecry copy, a minion of each minion type in your hand, Roaring Applause, 2-mana, draw a card, repeat for each minion type you control, which is a really powerful card. And then a couple other cards that care about minion types or have minion types or whatever. Um, there's not a really clear payoff here outside of the neutrals, but it could very well play like Baron's Rush Warrior, and that was good enough in the Barons. Remember, we're going back to a lower power format.
0: How do you feel about the riffs?
1: So, the riffs, so these are, there are three different cards. Verse riff, two mana, give your hero plus two attack this turn, gain two armor, finale, play your last riff. Chorus riff, three mana, draw a minion, give it plus two, plus two, finale, play your last riff.
0: So that means, sorry, so that means, so if I play verse riff on turn two, Is nothing going to happen, or is it going to play verse riff twice?
1: So verse riff just it has to be a separate riff card that you've played prior, Um, and they don't chain either.
0: Okay, so if I play verse riff on two, then I get two attack and two armor, and that's the end of it. And then if I play chorus riff on three, I draw a minion, give it plus two plus two, get two attack and gain two armor, correct? Because it plays verse. Okay. And then if on six, I play the bridge, then I get a three, four rocker with taunt and a four, three with rush. And I play my chorus, which is draw a minion, give it plus two, plus two. And like you said, they don't change. So I don't get like finale, finale, finale all the way down.
1: Yes, that's correct. Okay. So the current internet reflection on this is that these all cost too much and they have compared verse rift to claw which is half the price and didn't see play back in core, in, in vanilla. Um, I understand the concern, but I think, first of all, we don't know the context. Second of all, I don't think you play these on 2 and 3. Turn 5, I want to do first course. So I gain 4 attack, gain 4 armor, draw a minion, give it plus 2, plus 2. That's a 5-mana effect. Seems okay. Then on turn 6, I play Bridge Rift get a three, four, four, 3 and I draw another minion buffet. buff it. Seems all right. Like, that seems an okay curve. I'm not sure what deck it goes in. I'm not sure what we do with it or how we do that. Maybe it's Sword Eater on four, then we do Riff, Riff on five, Riff on six.
0: Not bad.
1: Seems okay.
0: Yeah, how many times, though, have we said, oh yeah, this seems okay, or this seems balanced, and because it's okay and balanced... It's never going to be in the game like it needs to be more powerful than okay and balanced. (laughs) And I think that what Warrior players are getting at is that Warrior hasn't been in a great place since Pirates and they'd like to do something. They'd like to, you know, be in a better place as a class and maybe giving them some overpowered stuff, whether it's the Menagerie or the Rift Package, whatever. Um, or going back to control and making control more powerful, whatever it is that they do, I think what they're thinking is it would be nice to have an expansion where Warrior is the top dog.
1: Yeah, though we'll point out it was in Anexia's Lair and it was in Voyage and then they nerfed a bunch. But yes, right now there is is an identity crisis. What does Warrior do? And how does Warrior win games? The historical way that Warrior has won longer games has been a narrow set of, of powerful trump card minions or a whole lot of charge. And a whole lot of charge has not always been healthy for the game, but also they have done a lot of things to make it less relevant. Renethal was one of the ways. There's a lot of hand disruption now, a lot of it in Warrior. So ironically, the best Warrior tools against that stuff is good against Warrior. You're not winning with Galvangar anymore. He's rotating too. Um And so how does Warrior win games? I think they need to figure that out and decide a way to implement it and then build all the support around that because that's really been the trouble is that Warrior hasn't had a way to finish games outside of cheating a bunch of mana and charge for a while. And that's really what we're missing.
0: Well, hopefully, I know, obviously, Cora touched on this when we had her on a couple of episodes ago, and I know that uh, Warrior is definitely on their radar. It's something they're thinking about. Uh, Hopefully they get, whether it's, you know, in the mini set or in the next expansion, but it seems like hopefully soon Warrior will get a little bit more love and direction. So um, did you have any more thoughts on the neutral cards um, that we haven't necessarily touched on through all the class discussions?
1: There are, so we talked about tour guide a lot. There are two particular neutrals, two mana neutrals that you're going to see a lot that are good disruption tools. Cult Neophyte and Dirty Rat. Dirty Rat, I could not believe they brought back Dirty Rat. For those that didn't play with I this, 2-mana two 2-6 two taunt, battle cry, pull a minion out of your opponent's hand and put it into play. This can be really bad for you, but it also can turn their combo off. It's the sort of thing that, well, I'm glad Brand's not around, but also it's the sort of thing that you can play either early game if you think that you're going to stop something. Like, if you play this early game and you pull a rhyme spinner out of your rogue opponent's hand, it's a 1-3. It does nothing. The battle cry doesn't happen. But if you play this against a death knight and then they get a cage head, and then your thing dies and they get a 9-9 nine nine charge taunt, the game is over. Um, so it has a wide range, but also this is our mutinous replacement, and uh, it's much better than Theotar. It just makes your opponent's combo stuff not happen if you need to make it not happen.
0: Which, honestly, I kind of like, because um, it like well, it can happen a little bit earlier in the game. It's a low enough mana cost that well, if you pull something out, And you've got mana left over you can do something about it potentially um like you say it's combo disruption i don't there's something about dirty rat that feels better to me than Theotar or mutinous because if i'm the one getting dirty ratted i still get my thing you know like mutinous ate it Theotar took it like dirty rat at least i get it on my side of the board and sometimes like you said it's gonna be disastrous Sometimes it's going to be great. And I think that that comes down to like you as the opponent don't necessarily have a lot of ways to play around this, but you didn't with the Atara mutinous either. Um, But you like, you can do stuff after, which I think feels a little bit better. And your opponent has some choices to make in terms of when you actually play this. So it's, it's kind of like, It's skill testing, right? Like, do you play this early? Do you take that big risk? Or do you wait, play it later till you have some more mana and some answers in your hand? Like, there's some choices and some decisions. I like, I don't hate Dirty Rat. And there's been historically when it was in standard, like tons of examples, like on Twitch and esports, everything of people like losing tournaments, losing rounds, losing games all over getting dirty ratted. And at the time when it rotated out, it was time. But of all the disruption tools that we've kind of seen and played with, I think I'm okay with this one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's I have some mild issues with dirty rat, but you need to have some kind of disruption. And this card last rotated out of standard five years ago, so the game has come a long way since then. Um, Spells are safe. Can't get a spell you inked out of your hand, so Theotar won't take a sp- uh, will take a spell. This won't. Uh, it is not a discover. You can stack your hand with minions if you want to try and dodge it. There's going to be some mm-hmm. variance. Yeah, the my main concern with dirty rat is how it often prematurely dictates the outcome of a game. That if you low roll off it as the dirty rat, dirty rat player, you just kind of lose and if you get what you want off of it, your opponent just kind of loses, and that is kind of decided faster than I'd like it to if it comes down on turn two, but I think usually you don't play this on two. It's a little bit later.
0: Yes, yeah, you normally hang on to it. Because you want them to draw into their combo minions, right? Like, you want them to have the... Unless you see them, like, keep their entire hand or something, and you know they're going to be a combo deck, then sure, maybe you Dirty Rat on two, but for the majority of time... You want a Dirty Rat, like, the turn before you're pretty sure they're going to play their combo. Yes, the turn
1: before they play their Raw Math or DJ Storm or something like that. Um, yeah. And the historical application of Dirty Rat that was really frustrating early game was pulling your opponent's Edwin Van Cleef, and that, thankfully, will no longer happen because right. that card is not <laughs> in standard anymore. Uh, it's a location now for better or worse. Uh, so, <laughs> either way... You got to make some kind of combo disruption so you can keep printing combo cards. Some people are really looking for a card like this. And most importantly, they've said that if there's anything going on in core that they don't like, they're willing to change core this year. They're willing to either adjust the cards or adjust which cards are in. If this is disruptive, they can boot it. So I'm not as worried about it. Um, and I'm curious to see how it feels to play. Cult Neophyte, though, the little of I just love having her around. I think it's fine. Yep.
0: Yeah. I think I'm glad she's back, too.
1: And we're losing a couple important cards. Uh, actually, more than a couple. Bran, of course, Samuro is a big deal to have him leave because um, he was the board clear of choice for a lot of decks for a long time. Uh, Iron Deep Trog going away. The Watch Posts Mutinous going away, which is why we need this, uh, why we need uh, Dirty Rat. Guild Traders going away. uh no more Elwyn Boar, no more Mailbox Dancer, Venomous Scorpion, which was quietly the most played card of Barons, which I did not see coming. Uh, it's been mm-hmm. around for two years. Cornelius Rome, rotating. I know that he was going to be the next Star of Standard. Not quite his time, I guess.
0: <laughs> I, I am kind of sad that Boar is leaving, and I know that Boar Priest was like the only deck that ever really made that work in any meaningful way, and when they really got the whole combo thing, it felt kind of bad to be on the receiving end but like it was so cool (laughs) like it was such a cool card to have in standard and to potentially try to play i tried to make it work in hunter so many times and just couldn't get there but uh it, it was a cool fun interesting card design like speaking of talking about like trying to do a thing and and make it better over the course of the game and and break Hearthstone rules in a way because, you know, you want to have many, many copies of the boar die. So how do you do that? How do you get more copies when you've got two in your deck and that's your limit? Like there's um, there were a lot of cool. It's, it's a cool card design. And that design space in general seems to be uh, one of the ways that Hearthstone is going. So it's it's kind of sad to see boar rotate because I don't think it was oppressive in any way, shape or form. But yeah, I'm kind of sad it's gone. Going. <laughs>
1: It was I remember that reveal and it was just like, yeah, I went and watched the South Park episode that night. It was just like a really fun callback that ended up being an interesting build around for a while. And in duels, it's actually like strong because yeah. you give them reborn <laughs> uh, and they're much better when they count twice.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Given uh, priesty things and and yeah, I'm glad. And well, I mean, Death Knight things, too. Right. Like maybe I am kind of glad that that's leaving. <laughs>
1: Probably for the best, but yeah, I definitely. Uh, it's a, it's a. You know where I'm coming part. from,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: <laughs> I get it. Um, but all told, like, I think this is going to be a pretty substantial rotation in terms of what changes. We haven't had a standard without hero cards for a year and a half uh, or so. Like, it's a lot. Uh, we won't have brand anymore, so battle cry just happened once. I am really curious to see what stands out on day one, and even in theory crafting, that's going to be where we get to see how all these new cards play with each other. So. Why don't we wrap up here and then tell listeners how they can find us on Wednesday?
0: Absolutely. Uh, So if you'd like to email us and let us know your thoughts, you can send your emails over to tackpodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter or send us some messages over in our patron discord questions channel. Uh, We do want to say a very big thank you to our epic patrons who support us over at patreon.com slash tack, uh, especially our Patreon producers, Dustin C and Jared F. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at TAC Podcast and uh, catch us live on Wednesday on twitch.tv slash ridiculous hat for some super fun theory crafting. So I think we're going uh, noon to 6 p.m.
1: Eastern time. Yes, uh, the that is our typical slot, I am grateful it's on Wednesday and not Thursday this time because when it was on Thursday, I would do theory crafting and then do two podcasts after and I was very tired.
0: That's a little much. <laughs> it
1: was a lot much. It was it was uh, inadvisable. <laughs> But yeah, it's uh I think it'll be really, really interesting. The rotation theory crafts are always so wacky because I keep playing around cards that aren't there. And so I imagine <laughs> that we'll keep doing it's that. It's
0: a lot to keep track of between the new expansion incoming stuff, the old three expansions rotating out, then the core set on top of all of that.
1: Yeah. It's a lot
0: to keep in your brain in April.
1: <laughs> yep but it should be fun. Uh, glad we'll get to hang out and try that out. Thank you again, Blizzard.
0: Yeah, it's going to be really, really fun. So again, that's Wednesday starting at noon Eastern time at twitch.tv slash ridiculous hat. Uh, hat, where else can folks find you? Uh, the hub of my content is twitter.com slash
1: ridiculous hat. That is where you can see me talk about all sorts of stuff, uh, including my other two Hearthstone podcasts, Coin Conceit to make the capacity side of the game more accessible to you over at com, and Vicious Syndicate, we take a data-driven look at the high-level legend metagame Also going to have a lot of new expansion content over there right before launch over at ViciousSyndicate.com. Joss, what about you?
0: You can find me on Twitter and Twitch. I'm at JossPlays. That's J-O-C-E Plays. You should also check out my general podcast called The Gamers In. We have a lot of fun over there and we talk about everything. We talk about PC gaming, console gaming, all kinds of mobile gaming, all kinds of stuff. So again, go check it out. It is called The Gamers In. That's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time. Yeah, it's done. Yep, done. done.